What is up, people, and thank you so much for checking out this edition of the New Generation Hero Talk Podcast. I'm your host, EJ Stewart. We got a great show lined up for you guys today. I know we did not have a show last week. It got, of course, given the uh, busy work schedules and busy situation in regards to the country. We weren't unable to uh, put out a pod last week, but we're back at it doing some more Hero Talk. We got some uh, good topics to discuss. EW put out a a big spread on uh, WandaVision, which is, you know, on the cover of the of the of the magazine and and it's set to come out shortly now we we were expecting that to be 2020 but now it's looking more more and more like that might be 2021 but we'll uh discuss a little bit about the details we learned about the show in this uh ew uh cover story that they did we're also learning about another disney plus series that may have already been okayed for a season two so um we'll have a conversation on that and um, some disturbing uh, stuff happening at DC. Obviously, you know we've we talked a lot about the Ray Fisher stuff. You know because we didn't have a podcast last week, we didn't, we didn't get to um, discuss the story that happened with uh, the, the story he did at Forbes and that whole fallout. And then um, a, a writer on a CW show says that she was axed because she pointed out things about the show that she thought they were blind spots in regards to you know race and and, and gender. That she felt being ignored, and she thinks that she was fired because of it. So, um, we'll discuss those allegations uh, later on. Uh, Kendall was not able to join us on this week's show. Hopefully, we'll have him back for the next podcast. But Shamari does join me here. Sham, it's good to have have you back. Good to be talking heroes again. Um, one of the things that people are really excited about as well is the Miles Morales uh, PS5 game, which you know, as we get closer and closer, we're pretty much right here on on. The release here and it sounds like everybody's saying that this is truly you know the game to get and the reason why we should buy a ps5 and some of the gameplay trailers and things we've seen it, it really does look like um sony and uh insomniac they did a, an incredible job and you know it's really awesome to see that character get this shine yeah absolutely um so in, i mean insomniac to me and and this uh you know, we don't have the game yet. Of course, the game hasn't come out yet, um, and uh, we're going to get it, at least for now on the PS4. Uh, so we may not have a PS5 review, for, uh, you know, immediately. But uh, but Insomniac, honestly, is turning into another almost like a Rocksteady, uh, or even a uh, or even a uh, uh, what's the uh, the other one? The Warner Brothers, uh, um, NetherRealm Studios, with the Injustice and and uh, Mortal Kombat. Um, I mean, I mean, they're, they've done so well with Spider-Man. I, I'm shocked that they've, that they've done this well uh, with Spider-Man and shocked, impressed. And, and I can't wait for this game. It looks like it's going to be incredible. The first game was amazing. It's, I mean, you could, I've heard many people think it's the best superhero game ever made. So yeah, this, this game is going to be amazing. I'm hearing that it's much shorter, which we anticipated. I think we even speculated on that, that it would be shorter because it's going to cost less. Uh, but I'm hearing that it doesn't even matter. <laughs> They're like, yeah, it's shorter, but it's still fantastic. So I can't wait to get it. And I'll be honest, you know, maybe for other people, most people probably want, you know, as much, you know, game time experience as possible. You know, I'm someone with a shorter attention span. You know, I did complete the, uh, the Spider-Man PS4 game, but um, mm-hmm. it took a long time for me. I'm not someone who could sit there for 10 hours and play a game like that. Like, my head gets dizzy. It's too much. You know, usually I can play them in good, like, hour, maybe even two-hour intervals. 
But um, but yeah, I'm excited honestly that it's a little bit of a shorter game. I know as long as they don't cheat me on the gameplay and, and you know the visuals just looks absolutely stunning, and the story is still strong. You know some of the stuff that maybe felt a little filler in the last game won't won't be there as much. So uh, I'm excited. But yeah, no, this looks fantastic. You know we don't touch on video games as much on this shit on this series, but um, but I wanted to make sure we. We, we mentioned that, that that game is coming out and, and the reviews are already in and it sounds like that's a, a game of the year candidate and a, a really a true, uh, you know, uh, planting of the flag for the PS5 in terms of saying that, you know, Sony saying we're here and here's this uh, content that we're going to be bringing you. So well, once we get our hands on that game, trust me, we'll have plenty more to say and we'll talk about that uh, once once we do get the console in the game. But um, we're going to continue on with the show and again, I want to talk about WandaVision. So, again, like I said, Entertainment Weekly put WandaVision. Uh, you know, of course, that was star Elizabeth Olsen and uh, Paul Bettany. They were on the cover of the, of the magazine. They released some new set photos and had some interviews with some of the cast and the crew for the show, which they say is coming soon. Still no word on what soon means. As I said, there has been more uh, evidence to suggest that this series will not come out in 2020, which we had were, were told initially, or at least that was a lot of the indications, a lot of the reports now saying that this is likely looking like a show that will come out sometime in uh, 2021. I would assume that would be probably early 2021, considering that the promotional uh, the, you know, the promotional material is, is already out and, and we're this far into the game where now we're having major spreads by uh, by, by major uh, tabloids. But um, but we did get to learn a little bit about uh about about this show. Um, one you know once again these set photos still kind of you get that feel of this really kind of obscure situation with you know the characters of you know, Wanda Maximoff and uh and Vision you know being in this kind of sitcom realm and, and kind of what that means and what they're looking at. And one of the big questions we had, Sham, was how long will this show end up being? We did get some confirmation on that. While we don't know exactly how many episodes they are, they did confirm that it is a six-hour series. So that would make you think that it's probably six hours. But, I mean, who knows? It is a sitcom uh, format, so maybe they do half-hour shows. I don't know. But uh, a six-hour series, and one of the things that we saw, I think also um, kind of lends evidence to being a six-episode show, was uh, Tiana Paris, who uh, is going to be playing Monica Rambeau on the show, she talked about the process of making the show, and she said, quote, I was like, oh, I thought we were going to do a little show, but no, it is six Marvel movies packed into what they're presenting as a sitcom. Uh, the co-executive producer, uh, Mary Lavona, said, it's really incredible to be able to tell a long-form story the way, we, uh, the way the comics did. In a sense, a TV show is a multi-issue comic book run, which is something that from the Marvel development side, we totally do understand. And then uh, Elizabeth Olsen also spoke a little bit about the the uh, what it was like to be doing this show in a sitcom style for a lot of it. And she said, quote, it was insanity when in regards to t- shooting in front of a live studio audience um, for some of these episodes. Said there was something very meta for my own life because I would visit those taping as a kid uh, where my sisters were uh, working on Full House, which is kind of really interesting because I didn't think about that. So... Uh, so, Sham, what, what do you make of some of the stuff we learned about uh, WandaVision with this uh, uh, with this spread by the Entertainment Weekly? Um, I mean, it gets me just uh, more excited for it. I mean, WandaVision, I would say, of all the shows, 
that we're getting. Um, I mean, honestly, it very much is on the lower end of the list of when it comes to shows that I'm excited for, because just 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 based on the promotional material, doesn't look like it's very action heavy. Um, it seems like it could be dramatic and emotional, um, which is interesting. So I'm interested to see, uh, you know, where the, where that goes when it comes to um, Scarlet Witch and, and what's going on with her. Um, but um, but I do like the images that I'm seeing. Um, so the images they have, the cover, the cover of course is is very um, uh, is very interesting. <laughs> um, and uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm glad it is. Um, I'm glad that it's it's kind of a, a project. I'm not sure if this is something. I know they said it's like a six hour um, a six hour project. I would assume that that would mean that it's hour, six hour-long episodes or approximately hour-long episodes, um, uh, which is interesting. I think that lines up with what we, what, or what we, uh, what we know about Winter Soldier as well. Is that, what the, is that what they said for Falcon and Winter Soldier? Uh, yeah, I'm not sure if we ever got anything confirmed, but I think that's been the uh, expectation by all the reporting that Falcon and Winter Soldier should also be about six episodes. Right. Um, so, I mean, it seems like this may be where they're going with most of the shows, if not all of the, all of the Disney plus shows. Um, but yeah, I mean, this information is cool. I mean, I like it. I like that they, you know, the live audience, I think is, is a cool touch. Um, I think I'm, I'm at this point, I'm just interested in watching the show itself, um, or just getting more information on the show itself. Cause I still, it's very confusing as to what exactly the tone of the show is going to be it seems like it's going to there's going to be a lot of light moments in it um and a lot of a lot of very interesting kind of you know uh imagery in terms of i feel like it may be a little bit legion-esque in terms of wondering what's going on <laughs> uh in that way which is pretty interesting but i'm still wondering what the tone of the show is going to be is going to be light but also dark in the background is so I, i'm very curious about that but uh, for the most part i'm excited yeah i mean i'm excited as well you know i think that you know that we you know marvel to me you know we all know marvel has a kind of a, a a blueprint in terms of how they want to do all their movies now you know we assume mm-hmm. that blueprint is similar when it comes to television but to be fair we don't know for sure you know we're, we're going to learn that once we see these shows and, and what we've known is that marvel wants to kind of put their blueprint onto certain genres when it comes to these movies and to me i think it's interesting to see marvel kind of attempt to put their blueprint into something like a sitcom and that's something that we haven't seen them try uh, obviously and it's not something we've really seen any superhero show or comic book show try in regards to it being again a, a sitcom type of, of format but uh, I'm, I'm really excited. Again, I think that this is going to be a show, it sounds like, that's really going to touch upon all the you know things we've seen in the Marvel Universe. And uh, you know Kevin Feige, obviously, is going to be a big part of it. He's really excited about it. He said uh, the, um, you know, the project, it, it really energized everyone creatively at the studio. The notion that we could play in a new medium and throw the rules out the window in terms of structure and format. And I think that if there's anything that marvel has been criticized for it's been that their their movies feel sometimes formulaic and you know if feige is right here and that you know they threw a lot of the 
you know, rules and, and structure and formatting that they're accustomed to out the window, um, that that makes me very excited because of all the characters and all the of all the characters you have to start to throw things out the window and start breaking a lot of the rules. You know, Wanda Maximoff is the character to make that happen and make that make sense. So the fact that they're taking the plunge with this character with this story, I'm excited to see where it goes. Yeah, yeah, and I, and I think this is Marvel's opportunity um, to, uh, and I, I don't mean to kind of thrust Marvel into the kind of going the dark route, especially not w- when it comes to Disney. Though I feel like I feel like Legion was kind of like Marvel's kind of, kind of, of course, and of course you have the Marvel Netflix shows as well. Um, but in terms of having a character that's not so dark being put in that kind of situation, I feel like this can be kind of Marvel Studios in terms of like the cinematic Marvel Studios mm-hmm. kind of being put in that in that realm with Wanda's powers and and and, and dealing with her grief and and what exact and what's happening to reality as well when it comes to what what's going on with her powers. So I feel like this could be, I feel like this could be very interesting. I feel like this could be just very interesting to see. Um, I have to say, it's still not at the top of my list. I'm still more looking forward to Falcon and Winter Soldier and, and some of the other ones that I know are, are just going to be crazy. Um, uh, and this should be crazy too. But I'm just wondering if how much of it, just how much of it is going to be that kind of that uh, be, be what they've shown us in the trailers, which is kind of like a weird, kind of trippy uh, sitcommy experience. Mm-hmm. And how much of it is going to be in modern day, and if there's if there's going to be some, because they're not showing us a lot. And I'm just wondering no. what, what is they're not showing us, and, and what that's going to mean for the show. Yeah, I mean that makes me excited because the less they show, the more it tells me okay, there's a lot that's going to be revealed and mm-hmm. a lot that because again, this is, um, the I mean we don't know too much about any of the, the Disney Plus series that we know were deep into production. Uh, like Loki and um, like Winter Soldier, Car- uh, Captain America, excuse me, Falcon and Winter Soldier. But I feel like this one, they're holding their cards at the vest even more and trying to throw stuff even more than even those other uh, series are. And uh, one last thing I did want to ask you, what do you make of uh, Paul Bettany saying that he really, he never thought he'd be returning and that when he, he made the call, he got the call rather that he'd be back. He actually said, um, I thought I was going to be, I thought being brought in to be let go. I thought Kevin was doing the decent thing and bringing me in, and he and uh, Luis Despacito were going to tell me it's been a great ride and it's over. So it was a pleasant surprise to me and my bank manager too, obviously, um, when he has actually called in to discuss his character moving forward post-Infinity War. Are you surprised that Faye, you know, didn't let him know that he still had a future in the Marvel Universe? Uh, am I surprised? Uh a little, but also not really. And I guess it went, when I, the more I think about it, I mean, I feel like Feige, I feel like he, pl- while he does plan most things, I feel like he also has, I feel like he also probably plays some things close to the vest in terms of seeing what the reception would be to things. Um, and also kind of adjusting as well to what, because this may not have been something that they have been planning for a very long time. And I suspect that, that, because this is such an out-of-the-box concept that I feel like this may have been something that they mulled over for a while. Um, uh, 
so so it is so it is surprising. I feel like that would would have been a good courtesy <laughs> to let him know that hey, I still kind of want you if he if he did know. But I feel like he may not have even known. Uh, so so it is, uh, but it also it, could, it so it's kind of it is, but it isn't. You know, it is that you know why why wouldn't he let him know? But maybe he didn't even know he was going to do the show. Yeah, I get the impression that he he may not have known. You know, he said that he got this idea, and this is the idea that he, he said it came from Feige straight. Uh, that he was watching right. sitcoms and, and he he looked at them and said, you know, wouldn't it be crazy if we could somehow incorporate you know the sitcom, you know, every episode, you know, kind of you know get solved in thirty minutes uh, thing to our brand, and you know somehow he came to the conclusion that Wanda and Vision were the characters that made sense to, to move forward his story. So, um, so yeah, I think there's a good chance that he didn't expect Vision to be back this soon, but, you know, ideas get spurned, and, and then he, he came up with this, and we'll have to end up seeing how it goes. But uh, I'm, I'm excited, man. Um, you know, it, we're so ready for some Marvel content. You know, it's been... It's crazy yeah. to think how long it's been. You know, I was joking with Andrea, my girlfriend, earlier today, you know, because uh, we saw like a pink, um, saw a pink drop top, uh, you know, Chevrolet, I guess it was, and or Chrysler maybe, and you know, I was like, that's the kind of a car that you know Harley Quinn would drive, uh, and then I was like, was the Birds of Prey the last movie we saw together? And it, I think it is. And it's it's crazy that you know we got so accustomed to just like superhero movies. We talk joke about it on this podcast all the time. Superhero movies coming out every you know two or three months. It felt at a certain point. And to go now, you know, we're going to go a full year, almost certainly, without seeing any superhero movies, really seeing any major movies, you know, unless you were one of the brave souls that went out and saw Tenet. Um, so, so even though this isn't a movie, obviously, still to get this content uh, in the fold and to have this be something we could talk about and kind of start to, you know, plant the seeds of what we think may happen for the rest of Phase 4. That's uh that that's exciting for me. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, where things shake out there. But um, I do want to talk about another Disney Plus series who we're learning uh, may already be on its way to a second season. So this is uh, according to um, uh, uh, Spoiler TV, which um, uh, does its uh, production weekly, and they said that uh, Loki is already on on pace to be um, beginning production. For season two in January of 2022. So we know that they've been working on season one. Season one may already be done. It's expected to come out next year. But here we have one outlet saying that Loki is already in preparation to be doing um, a season two. And we already heard from Clark Gregg, who may have accidentally told people when he talked about how Hiddleston had told him he, he had been planning to shoot, you know, 12 to 10 episodes. That, you know, obviously didn't line up with what we've been hearing, which is what we've been talking about, how all these shows have been likely six episodes. Why would he be shooting 10 or 12? Well, that end, may end up being why, because uh, Loki already may be ahead of schedule and they already have plans for season two that's already already um, in motion. So, Sham, what do you make of Loki uh, already um, potentially being pushed ahead for a second season without even seeing a first season? Um. I mean, for me, this isn't too surprising, um, just because we're a few reasons. First of all, um, uh, Tom Hiddleston is fantastic. And I, did it? Did, wait, is this? Um, how did they say how much he's going to be in this show? Because I know they were saying there was a kid Loki and all this other stuff. Yeah, I mean, we. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, I was. I didn't. You know, I did say that. You know, we, we seem to be 
very much unsure about what's going on with WandaVision. Yeah. But I would argue that, you know, Loki also, to be fair, it, we don't know anything. You know, anything yeah. we've heard about kid, Loki, or whatever, it's all rumors, you know. Um, yeah. So so we don't know. But, I mean, again, if Clark Gregg is saying that he's shooting 10 to 12 episodes, I mean, I mean that's, he means he's in 10 to 12 episodes. In what capacity, I don't know. But um, mm. I know the rumor, the rumor was that, you know, could this be something like everybody hates Chris where, you know, he's narrating everything or whatever. I don't, you know, I don't know. I, it doesn't sound like that's where this is going from anything I've seen. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I would, I would anticipate, of course he's Loki. So I would anticipate he'd be involved in some kind of major way in the show. And he's just fantastic as Loki. Um, he's, that's really almost, almost an iconic role, honestly, for him. Um, and, uh, so it's not too surprising on that front. And um, they all they did this same thing for the Mandalorian. Now I don't expect Loki to be the Mandalorian, though you never know. <laughs> um, hmm. So it could very well be the next Mandalorian. But um, uh, but Disney Disney and you know whoever the team exactly that's running Disney Plus, they seem to know when they have a hit on their hands, and they don't seem to be shy with with just moving forward with things that they know are going to do well. Um, so, so yeah, this isn't too surprising. I, I expect Loki to be fantastic. This is one of the shows, one of the Disney Plus shows I don't really have any concerns about, um, uh, with regards to how good it's going to be. Loki's an, an entertaining character. He's always been an entertaining character in the MCU, even in Thor The Dark World, in which that was not a good movie, but Loki was not what was wrong with that movie. Not at all. Um, so... So yeah, I it doesn't surprise me very much, but it does get me more excited <laughs> uh, to see it since they have this much faith in it. If this is true, yeah, I mean it's it's I mean to me I guess it's a little excited. I was a little surprised to be honest. Um, I guess to me I assumed whatever reason why Loki would still be alive or why we'd even be dealing with him, mm-hmm. I assumed that would be resolved. By the end of the series, because, you know, Thanos icing Loki the way he did, I think, you know, is supposed to have some weight to it. That's supposed to be a big deal. And I thought there would be some, you know, they were going to kind of let that death sit for a a while before really playing in that sandbox for a long time. Now, that appears to not be the case. So that's that that part is surprising. Now, I don't and now again, we haven't seen the show. We don't know many details about the show. So I, again, we don't know what in what capacity Tom Hiddleston is actually involved in this show. We know he's involved greatly, but we don't know if he's it's a prequel or whatever. You know, is this involving what he did taking the test? You know, um, the the Tesseract. You know, mm-hmm. you know. And so is this a, an alternate universe we're dealing with? You know, all these questions are just unanswered. I mean, I, I, we don't have answers to all of that. So, um, but that that was a little surprising to me because I, I guess to me. You know, I assume WandaVision is a one and done. Um, I assume Falcon and Winter Soldier is a one and done. Those are not shows I assume to be series that are going to be on every... I, I assume those are a means to an end to get to us for a certain movie. And then I assume that they... That's why I think we've been seeing so many new series where, you know, the reason why we're seeing all these new series that are coming up right after is because, you know, we're not going to get a season two of WandaVision, you know? Um mm-hmm. But maybe I'm wrong. You know, this this is something that you know surprised me from that regard because I I thought that 
this is going to be a one and done. That sounds like that's not the case. Loki, I will say that because of what's happening with him and the Tesseract, Loki, maybe the character that maybe is most inclined to, to make sense to do multiple seasons if you're playing in a sandbox that doesn't really completely uh, alter much of what's happening currently in the MCU in the dimension that we're following. But again, who knows? We don't know where exactly they're going with this. Yeah, I I expect the most of the other shows to be well. I wouldn't say most because I don't I don't know what's going on with Moon Knight or She Hulk or I feel like those could also be multiple seasons. Um, in terms of or I would I would honestly expect those to probably be multiple seasons. Um, and you know Blade and and all also, but uh, but the Falcon and Winter Soldier. Um, I would expect to be one season. I feel like those are those uh, kind of shows are going to be one season, um, but probably with an asterisk. Because I feel like they would, they they would probably leave the door open to, even if they they go back. So say at the end of the next phase, if Falcon and Winter Soldier go on some other adventure, I feel like they could be, probably extend it that way as well. So I so I would have expected those to be one season with an asterisk, possibly maybe just leave the door open for more seasons somewhere down the line. Uh, but this show, I probably would have expected. This probably would have gone in the category of shows that I would probably expect to be more than one season, um, just because, like you said, what Loki did with the Tesseract, it kind of leaves the door open for him to do whatever and have it not really have much of an effect on the universe. Um. So yeah, I probably is for to me it's probably not too surprising that that this show is getting more than one season. It's probably it is surprising that they're doing it before the show even aired. That that I'd say that's definitely yeah. that's definitely a surprise. Uh, that's definitely a surprise to me. I didn't see that coming. Um, but but I would have expected this show to get more than one season. I think Tom Hiddleston is so he's so great as the character itself. Um, that I mean, I feel like this show is just—it's gonna be a success. I can't see it not being a success. And you know, one of the things that I'm—I don't know about anybody else, but I know the one thing that I'm really paying attention to, and I'm very curious about. And you know, we've made jokes about, uh, you know, our interest in Green Island and the Canaries, and how that—that that, uh, that pipe dream is becoming more of a pipe dream. But it. To me, I, I am curious about, you know, in terms of budgeting and how much money these production companies are going to be willing to spend, you know, how much this COVID crisis is going to eat into some of these plans. I think that was also why I was a little surprised to see, not to be fair, you know, you could always end plans. You know, if you're talking about starting production in 2022, I mean, that's, a, you know, you know, it's a full year and some change from now so it's not like you can just say oh no we don't got the we don't got the fun sorry and then move on you can still do that there's plenty of time but i guess to me i just you know all these plans that all these movie companies have and you know the ones we focus on obviously are warner brothers and disney in regards to the dc and marvel content you know i find them all to be still tenuous not not the not the more recent ones or the more ones that are kind of right around the corner but i, I feel like anything that, that's talked about down the line uh, I'm not completely sold that we're going to see all of that. So so, uh, so when I saw, you know, Loki season two, I'm like, wow, that's beyond even Moon Knight. I'm like, really, really going to, like, the fact that they feel confident to do that still, despite not knowing how this first show is going to do and will will it actually bring uh, enough people to the app? You know, that, that those are questions we don't have answers to. And we know Disney is bleeding money 
you know, now they have a lot of money, and you know, you may be in a situation where you feel like you'll take the losses for the, you know, the clout and for the, you know, for the headlines. But you know, how much, how many more of those losses are you willing to take before you realize, you know, you got to change something up? Um, I don't know if you saw this, Shan. This is kind of like off the beaten path. It's not on our uh, agenda, but I think I saw something saying that there's optimism that that theaters, movie theaters, because of the fact that you know the vaccine. Um, maybe right around the corner, you know, we're hearing, you know, you know, I think Dr. Fauci today said that he good said chance, April. Yeah, good chance April. Uh stocks rebounded uh tremendously. And that's something I think we should mention real quickly. Um there's a 90 percent uh, after the thing, you know, they're saying this vaccine is ninety percent effective. There's hope that maybe in the spring, you know, movie theaters will be back. Do you do you buy that? Um uh, I mean, it won't be. It, it's going to be a gradual thing with movie theaters. Um, it'll it'll be gradual to go along with who's able to get the vaccine. Honestly, mm-hmm. um, you know who has access to it, which is going to start initially is going to be very few people, um, which they may start having access to it this winter. So we'll see yeah. what that what effect that has on the movie theaters. <laughs> but um, but I mean, when it comes to widespread distribution, Fauci saying possibly the spring. I think that uh, I think movie theaters will be back. It'll still be gradual. People are gonna go in, um, you know, they may go in smaller groups, and you know, hopefully the theaters will still have their restrictions in place. Um, like I know AMC and Regal, they're saying, oh, they're splitting up the chairs and and all that. So hopefully they still do all of that. And you know, so with that being said, though, the companies will still take a hit. In terms of the sales and, and how long they're able to run, and it'll it'll still be kind of a thing, but I think they will come back. I think eventually it'll probably take time, but um, I think it will be back in full force. I would I would say is if it, if the vaccine come, is really wide widely distributed in spring, I would say by fall the latest. Honestly, I think I think movie theaters will, especially with the Marvel movies coming out, and the va- if the vaccine is out and the Marvel movies are coming out. I mean, if the vaccine is out, Black Widow's out. I mean, I'm gonna see Black Widow. Yeah, so. I know. I was thinking the same thing. My thing is, you know, I gotta see obviously see you know my personal life in terms of you know the safety of the vaccine. But right now, right. so far, it sounds like this Pfizer thing is really safe. And yeah, if it's a situation, because I'm not, I don't think I'm going to the theater until <laughs> until I'm vaccinated. So, and I think a lot of people are gonna feel the same way. But um, <laughs> but 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 I think you know there is hope. Unfortunately, you know, we've seen people, despite the fact that we still have this pandemic and no vaccine, you know, people taking unnecessary risks. We saw, you know, Notre Dame football this weekend and people storming the field. Uh, so I, I think that, you know, they're actually I'm actually optimistic that, you know, theaters will see a pretty nice bounce back uh, next year because people will be really excited to have these movies back open. And I think people like myself and yourself, you know, who, who they'll feel more comfortable once they're vaccinated to actually go out in public and, and see something like a movie. Um, you know, that'd be interesting. And I'm, 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 I'm hopeful, you know, I think that's good news, obviously for, uh, for, you know, Black Widow, which I believe right now is slated for the spring, right? We're almost right on there. You know, I can see them maybe pushing it back a little bit to the summer, which would make sense, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to get the summer release. But then now I think they could really get a decent box office number with a, a population that's, you know, there's widespread vaccination. Obviously it's not gonna be a hundred percent. I doubt it even be. 80% because of, you know, this country and 
people having their own opinions about vaccines, but it will be a decent amount, and I think people will feel relatively safe. Uh, yeah. we'll, I wonder what that means for Wonder Woman. You know, Wonder Woman is still right now stocked, you know, staying at that Christmas date, which sounds crazy considering, you know, it sounds like things are going to be as bad as they've ever been for this winter, and we're seeing, you know, cases rising in, in literally every state in the country. There is no state where the, the, the cases have either plateaued or are declining. They're all right now on the rise, you know, varying degrees. Some places very, very disturbingly high. Some places, you know, lower, but still rising. So um, so I don't know what Warner Brothers plan to do that. They're going to have to move that date. There's no way to me Christmas is going to work. So, but maybe, you know, with this clarity, with, with the vaccine, hopefully, we fingers crossed for everybody, you know, it being good news that maybe we will get this thing. Um, that could be a, a big arrival for the, for the movie industry. But um, I do also want to move now, move on now to a story that, you know, we didn't get to get to last week because, you know, we didn't do a podcast and this happened, you know, towards the end of the, the week before this last past week. So Ray Fisher he did an article with Forbes that ended up kind of being the center of a lot of controversy because the, the writer for Forbes who wrote it, who I, I can't uh, I can't find who he is right now, but he uh, he was let go. It seemed like um, soon after they they published this article. This was uh, Shiraz Farquhar. Um, mm-hmm. Right now, he was a contributor to Forbes, and then or Farquhar, I think you know. Apologies to uh, Shiraz if I'm pronouncing his name wrong. He was a contributor to Forbes, and then soon afterwards, he became, you know, former contributor to Forbes, and that's how the uh, it reads on his on his uh, bio on the website. And they they even put an update uh, to to include comments from uh, Josh Whedon's represent representative representatives and, and Warner Brothers. So uh, they Forbes did a really big article with Ray Fisher finally really coming forward with some more specificity. In regards to his his claims against Warner Brothers, he mentioned not only some of the things we already knew, but some of the things that maybe I had, I had not heard at least. He talked about how um, I'll just read this one quote saying, "For one thing, the cast crew were told that Zach had handpicked Josh to finish the film for him. I didn't find out until the reshoots. After reshoots, that that was a complete lie. I heard whispers and rumblings of things being off behind the scenes, but nothing concrete until much later." They asked go out to San Diego Comic Con in 2017 and say Zach picked Joss and that Joss was a great guy. I still have the email with the talking points. That was him explaining, you know, why he went out there and said that, you know, he was very confident that, you know, the movie was in good hands with Josh, even though he came out way later, you know, this, this during this pandemic and said, you know, he recanted those statements to the, to the, to the most degree. He said prior to Justice League's reshoot process, blatantly racist conversations were had and entertained on multiple occasions by former and current top-level executives at Warner Brothers. The decision-makers that participated in those racist conversations were Jeff John, John Berg, and uh, Warner Brothers Pictures Group Chairman to- uh, Toby Emmerich. Um, he then went on to say uh, what set my—he uh, also talked about how you know a lot of the, the people of color in the movie were cut, including himself, uh, but also you know the character playing— uh, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, Iris West and, and some other people of color on the, on the, on the cast who, who they, they, they had their roles re- reduced considerably. He thought that that was no accident. He said, uh, what set my soul on fire and forced me to speak out about Josh Whedon this summer was my becoming informed that Josh had ordered the complexion 
of an actor of color be changed in post-production because he didn't like the color of their skin tone. Man, with everything that's been going on in 2020, that's been, that was the tipping point for me. Uh, he went on to say, I'm well aware of what's at stake. If people don't want to work with me because I'm refusing to tolerate abusive behavior and the cover-up culture of old Hollywood, then so be it. If, if nothing else, I'm going to go out of uh, this business the way I came in, uh, free and of my own volition. Can you dig that? So that was Fisher. Again, uh, Forbes, later after this article, posted an update. It said this story and headline have been updated because the headline before, the headline right now reads like interview uh, race peeks out on quote toxic set and Warner Brother investigation into post production, but the the headline before was like way more savage towards uh, DC. I wish I could uh, pull it up, but it was definitely uh, they definitely softened that language. They mm-hmm. said uh, they said uh, that story and the headline been updated from the original version, which which the editors determined lacked journalistic rigor and fairness. Quotation marks were added to indicate Fisher's use of the word toxic in the headline. Comments were added from a Warner Brother representative, Josh Whedon. This quote uh, from Fisher was deemed to be primarily based on third-person information and was removed. And this was a quote. That was a quote I mentioned where he talked about a skin person's skin tone being um, changed. Uh, so, so, so that was their update that they posted onto this article. Uh, Sham, this is again has been a huge uh, situation, and you know a lot of. People are upset that Forbes has, you know, retracted parts of the article and changed the headline. And the reporter appears to be no longer be working for Forbes anymore. Uh, what, do, what did you make of any of this stuff that happened? Um, I mean, I think it's really unfortunate that, you know, that Warner Brothers is, is taking this this very corporate, you know, very buttoned up, you know, route of handling this. Um, now Ray Fisher has been very, you know, outspoken and aggressive in terms of how he chose to deal with it, which, I mean, look, if all this is true, he has every right to be, he has every right to be upset. Um, you know, Warner brothers, they have, I mean, they, they haven't, uh, it seems like they haven't even really tried to try to deal with what is going on on their like on their set now ray fisher is he's he's pointing the gun at 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 a you know very high level people in warner brothers so you know i mean i these are people that i i would expect would have a lot of sway even in terms of like HR and other things, where they, I mean, these are very high. Like, I mean, Toby, 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 what's yeah, America. Yeah, I mean, these are very high level people in Warner Brothers that he's saying are directly involved in what was happening, uh, which probably isn't too, too much of a surprise because Justice League was a massive project. But it is, you know, it's just sad. It's sad. It's unfortunate. You know, it definitely changes how you see Warner Brothers. Though maybe not so much for some people. I mean, they were always a massive corporation, um, you know, that wants to make a lot of money and 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 whatnot. And and uh, you don't know exactly, you don't know how they if they care about race and <laughs> and social issues and whatnot. So, but I mean, yeah, it's just, it's sad, you know, it, it's sad to see that that they that they would take this 
um, you know, they that they would not consider a an actor, a talented actor. Ray Fisher, I thought he did a decent job as Cyborg. I don't think he was a bad Cyborg. Uh, so that they would just completely disregard this actor's complaints. Um, and like he's saying in 2020, mm-hmm. that they wouldn't take him seriously. Um, you know, and then try to shut up a a uh, and then try to shut up a a a, a paper. Um, you know, or a media outlet when they try to when they publish a story uh, based on what this actor has told them. You know, they get mad and send their lawyers, and, which I'm sure is it, obvious that's what happened. They sent their lawyers, and and you know, next thing you know, the guy that wrote the story lost his job. I mean, it's clear as day that's what happened. So it's, I mean, it's sad. It's unfortunate that this is what the Rock Warner Brothers is going. I mean, I feel like this also connects to um, some of the stuff going on with Johnny Depp in Warner Brothers and him being let go um, and, and Amber Heard still being there. And, and I feel like, I, I mean, my hope is that she gets let go uh, as well, not to not to go off into other things as well. But but there's a lot of, and, and you know, it, it really shouldn't even have taken this long for them to take action. Um, on the whole Depp herd situ- Depp and herd situation, um, it, again, it just kind of sh- goes back to them kind of wanting to sweep things out of the rug. And I've talked about Ezra Miller a million times and the, the, what they're doing with The Flash and how they're just trying to just move forward with the project. And Ezra Miller just zipped his lip and nothing's happening about it. No one's saying anything about it. It's just unfortunate. I mean, it's just unfortunate. You can chalk it up to another unfortunate thing happening in 2020. Yeah, and, you know, I, I mean, I agree. You know, this is all a very sad situation. You know, I feel like <sighs> Warner Brothers' inability to, you would think, like, I, I'm kind of surprised that Warner Brothers is kind of getting away with this kind of craven, ultra corporatist you know, protecting our bottom line by any means necessary attitude to these allegations and that that it appears to be working. You know, the the George Floyd death really seemed to put this country on a different awareness of the racial issues that are present and that led corporations to have to even, at the very least, appear to be changing the way they handle things like this. And... Right now, you know, obviously Josh Whedon is his own person, so him and his lawyer are saying what they have to say. Um, I should probably read his quote. A uh, representative said, the individual who offered this statement acknowledged that this was just something that he had heard from someone else and accepted as truth, which in, when in fact, in s- simple research would prove that it was false. As is standard on almost all films, there were numerous people involved in mixing the film product, including the editor, special effects person, composer, with the senior colorist responsible for the final version's tone, tone, color, and mood. The process was further complicated on the project, but the fact that Zach shot on the film while Josh shot on digital, which required the team led by the same senior colorist who has worked on the previous uh, films for Zach to reconcile the two. Um, so obviously Zach, you know, you know, I'm sorry, uh, Josh, you know, he's, you know, within his rights, you know, as representation to deny allegations that he may feel are false and if he feels they're false he should deny them which is what you know his lawyers are doing and they they crafted a pretty detailed explanation for why there were 
skin tone irregularities or changes made that the, he, they're saying had nothing to do with Josh personally. You know, that's something that we just don't know. Uh, it's a he said, he said situation. But like I said, I, I do think the the kind of disposition we're getting from Warner Brothers where it just doesn't seem like they're willing on any level to try to seriously reckon with, you know what, this project that we did with all this was a really, really bad situation. <laughs> you know, like right. sometimes you got to just take the L. I'm not saying you got to say everyone here was a racist and terrible and, like right. you know, but it just seems like there isn't even that acknowledgement, you know. They're just like, what can I do to make this go away? Yeah, and the fact that it's being, they're getting, they, right to me, I don't know how you feel, Sham. To me, it feels like they're getting away with it. It feels like yeah, the public, like. and to be fair, you know, look, we had a very, very hotly contested election. We we're still under a massive pandemic. There are a lot of, um, not, to, not to shade Ray or shade Warner Brothers, but there are just a lot more important stories right now than this particular situation. And I don't take any issues, especially involving racism, potentially, you know, not seriously. Uh, but, but just, I mean, that's how, you know, dire things are in the country, in the world right now. But it does feel like, you know, Warner Brothers disposition to this is kind of crazy, you know, to me that they, they're getting away with it. You know, this kind of no real substantial comment regarding the troubling situation that appears to have gone on on this set. You mentioned what happened with uh, with with Johnny Depp and the fact that Heard and, and Ezra Miller right now are still employed. You know, it, it, it's it's it's. I, you know, I, I didn't think that they they employ their strategy of just, you know, hoping things would just eventually go away. But that seems to be what they're trying to do. And that's kind of why I was very upset with Ray early on. Because I felt like, you know, this is a very, you know, if you feel you're you're at the, if you're being targeted or you're you're the victim of, you know, racial discrimination, you know, it's, keeping your cool is not easy. You know, let me, be, let me make that clear. But I was frustrated because I thought some of the games he played gave it kind of took away some credibility from him that it was, that was unnecessary. You know, had he had been a little more straightforward and not played those games, I felt like more people would have been tuned in to some of this stuff. Now, I'm not at all blaming him for being the victim of racism if that is what happened. But you know how you approach these things and how you craft these things, you know, your chess moves are important. And, you know, here he made a chess move that I thought was much better. And I, I tweeted that and I was proud that he, he showed um, way more specificity and, um, in, in coming with these allegations. But even in this chess move, you know, Warner Brothers owning the media marketplace, able to finagle the story and make it look different, get a guy fired. Like this is I hope he's kind of understanding this is you're playing, you know, high level chess. This isn't checkers. You just do whatever. Like these, the pockets and the resources that a corporation like Warner Brothers has is is endless, and if their disposition right now is to deny, 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 and not take anything you're presenting seriously, how you move is important. So, this may be a lesson to him to say, okay, now you understand what Warner Brothers is capable of. You came correct here, and look what happened. I'm hoping now he continues to move in the right ways. Uh, but I'm I'm very disappointed in just the lack of any kind of clarity from Warner Brothers about what they think of these allegations. And, you know, that that to me is extremely troubling. Yeah, I mean it's not good. 
And it, it kind of goes, makes you think of, of uh, just the the heartless, soulless, faceless corporation. And it's just what is best for the company. You know, they probably have a team of people that handle these kinds of things, legal people, <laughs> that, you know, before they do anything, they're like, okay, what should I legally do? What should I say or not say? Or what can you tell Forbes? Or, you know, whatever. It's like, it's it's just, it's scummy. It's inhuman. It's, it's, it's not, it doesn't look good. It doesn't look like a company that is trying to be you know, smiles and all entertainment. And it seems just like, just, oh, they just, they don't care about their, 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 the people they have working for them. They don't care about them. You know, if they felt like they had a negative experience, a very negative experience, that like they were racially discriminated against or that there was, there was, or that they were just, they just saw and heard racism on set. And they just did or and that that is a very troubling thing to have be spreading around on set and that they are just just there's like this didn't happen and that's it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, that's that's not the right approach to have. I mean, that's not at all the right approach to have. You have to come out and say we're making steps or making attempts to make sure that our our environment, our culture is is inclusive and we welcome you know ray and others to to help us to you know if if you know to help us realize that and um you know i'm not necessarily saying head's got a role over this because i mean we don't we don't know you can't really you know do that off of just uh but maybe have some kind of investigation show that nobody well to to be fair to be fair there is an investigation happening but it just sounds like every time you know, they're saying that Ray refused to talk to investigators and like they're playing games with this stuff. You know, that's why this thing is that's why I was again, I repeat, I was frustrated with Ray because I felt like you see they're playing games. Don't play games with them. This is not a, this is not for play play. You know, anything you're presenting, anything you're hinting at, no hints. Be very clear, very straightforward and have your facts lined up. with What you're trying to say again, I think he's moving in the right direction. But but that's the thing is that it's like they're doing the bare minimum. It's like they're saying they're doing all the things, but then also saying everything he's saying isn't really true. It's like you can't yeah, really do both things. Not. You can't say you're investigating things seriously and you're waiting for all these things to play out and also undermine his credibility throughout the investigation while it's happening. I mean, that's just, yeah, you know, that, yeah, I mean, that's literally, you know, I hate to bring it up. That literally is like what, you know, the president was doing during his impeachment investigation. Everybody who went up there who was investigating, you know, who was you know, testifying against him, he would go and say all these bad things about, you know, what kind of terrible person they were. It's like, you can't say you're for investigation. And then as the investigation is continuing, you know, you know, publicly, you know, poke holes at the credibility of the people that are trying to say stuff was messed up. So I, I right. hope Warner, I hope, I hope, you know, Warner Brothers, you know, takes a better approach to this. And I hope we get more clarity on what, what, what went on. Um, but you know this stuff didn't didn't make Jeff Johns look good. There were more allegations about uh, some of the things that, that that he was apparently a part of. You know, Ray Fisher felt like they were um, the notes that he was given during reshoots from Jeff Johns for you know I guess strategy or his performance he felt were coded racist language um, that was already being said about him behind closed doors. Um, 
you know, again, this is all this is all bad stuff. And Warner Brothers, I think, you know, effectively got this swept under the rug, this story even, because I just, I felt like it was hot for a day and then it just disappeared. And, it should, and the fact that it disappeared tells me, okay, I don't like where this is going. Because if things are on the up and up, you should be able to present a much more unified front and clear situation of what did go on. You don't, you wouldn't have Fisher doing all this. You wouldn't have, you know, uh, homeboy from, um, you know, Jason Momoa having his back, which he mentioned he really appreciated Momoa stepping up as well to understand and make, make his point that, you know, what happened to Ray was messed up. So, uh, yeah, Warner Brothers got figured out. This is a bad look. This is, this is a very bad look. And, and, it becomes an even worse look when you uh, combine that with this story that we also got this week from the Superman and Lois set. So the writer, uh, one of the writers, Superman and Lois, Nadria Tucker, uh, put out a tweet saying that she was no longer going to be working on the program. And she mentioned that she feels the reason why she was let go was because um she she pointed out issues involving racism and sexism on the show that she thought were problematic and that she thought needed to be changed. And she thinks that's why she was let out the door. So I'm going to read uh, Nadra's statement. She said, quote, some personal news. Wednesday, I got the word uh, that my contract on Superman and Lois won't be extended. My services no longer needed. My outline and draft subpar. Obviously, you know, this is parentheses. Obviously, I disagree with that last bit, LOL. Um, this, after months of flagging, of me flagging me too jokes in uh, dialogue, of me defending the uh, the the Bechdel test, of me fighting to ensure that uh, the only black faces on screen aren't villains, of me pitching stories for female characters is one in the title of the series that went ignored. I if I sound bitter, that's because this one stings. I've been assured by colleagues that I was great in the room, so I know I'm not nuts. I debated whether to post this, but my mental well-being demands that I do. The only way this is changed is, is to expose it. So yeah, this is the worst kind of thing you want to have, you know, for CW, for this program. You know, it's a new show. It's, it's Superman. It means it's, it's arguably DC's most important property. You know, the only other, you know, stake in the game is Batman. And the idea that you have writers who are pointing out blind spots, potentially, in your production, in your writing, how you're crafting your story, and that being the reason why you're being fired from the show, this is terrible. Um, I don't know how much this story will get picked up and if we'll have to get some kind of explanation from the CW, but I'll be honest, and from, you know, uh, I guess Berlanti and crew, but I'll be honest, I, I, after what I've seen from Ray Fisher, like, I don't, I just feel like I'm going to get the same kind of BS It's going to be. This was not what you guys think it is. Actually, she's a terrible writer or something crazy. And uh, uh, this is this is unfortunate. You know, this is a show that I'm interested in seeing how this is going to go. And to see this already come up this early before we've even seen one second of any kind of footage. This is this is terrible. Yeah, this is really bad. Um, so. I mean, again, I agree. I, I, you know, you hope that they come out and say something heartfelt, something that seems like, okay, they're taking this seriously. Um, but it's hard to expect it. I mean, CW, I mean, you talk about Warner Brothers, you know, he, part of me feels like even if they wanted to say something heartfelt, 
I feel like the 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 heads at Warner Bros. would be like, no, the lawyers say you have to read this statement. I don't even know if they'd be able to. Normally, the CW, I say honestly, and I've watched. Of course, we've all watched quite a bit of CW. I watched quite a bit of CW, various different CW shows that are both ongoing and then were canceled in the past. I haven't noticed any shows where I was like, all right, this is just a, this is just you know absurd and i'm gonna be watching superman and lois very closely now yeah you know i'm gonna be watching it like a hawk (laughs) um you know but uh, you know cw i haven't really seen this being an issue with the cw before um yeah honestly uh in black and black light i mean i mean we've made we've made the case you know for especially you know supergirl for sure which i think this is why this is also a little disturbing to me i think supergirl uh, along Black Lightning, two of the more progressive shows on the network, and Supergirl, yeah. you know, really I think did a great effort of, of, you know, presenting diversity, um, on all levels of having a sensitivity to gender issues, and look, Supergirl is going into this last season. You know, Superman and Lois is essentially the replacement to that show. I you know, and that was a show that I think did a tremendous job with uh, representation of all, you know colors creeds orientations and so on and so forth if if you know superman and lois is failing this badly um that's a terrible terrible thing yeah i mean this is this that's bad so this is very this is shocking to me um i would have expected cw to take something like this very seriously um and this is this is i mean this is this is like shocking even for like the, some of the worst of, of companies that I would have expected to do something like this. I mean, to fire someone for speaking out about it. I mean, what, I mean, what did, she, did she say that she like was going over their heads about it? Like, did, did she say she, just cause she brought it up, she was, she was just let go. She, well, she says that, you know, in that uh, statement she read, it sounded like she said that they, they said that her, uh, her drafts were subpar, you know, and that, you know, I'm going to be real with America and the people listening to this pod. You know, that will happen to black folks or to really any people. Uh, it doesn't have to even be black people or it be any kind of, you know, people who try to point out issues that may be of sensitivity or issues that may, uh, that may present blind spots that maybe the higher, the head, the, the higher ups or the, the powers that be aren't really able to catch. You know, sometimes you create too much static, you know, they will present, other reasons why you should be fired or you need to be let go, it, you know, and they'll be like, well, you didn't do this or you yep. didn't do that. And, you know, for some people in America, and they may hear what I'm saying and be like, oh, what are you talking about? That doesn't happen. You're making stuff up. I'm like, homie, I'm telling you, this is what folks like myself dealt with for 29 years. People older than me have dealt with for way longer. Um, this is, that's why this was very, you know, it was triggering to hear I said something, and and then they came up with these other cockamamie issues as to why I need I I'm I'm losing a job during a pandemic. You know what I'm saying? Like that's this you know, this isn't again like I said before. This isn't for play play. People have lives their livelihoods are at stake, and the idea that someone presenting questionable issues with your show regarding race and sex, a show that let's be honest. You're on the CW. A lot of the people watching CW is a very diverse group. It's not just people of a certain mind. You know, there are people of color. There are uh, uh, people of different genders. There are people of different orientations, all 
watching these shows, the idea that someone can be presenting these issues and then that somehow gets them fired is not a good look. It's 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 truly um again, this was a bad this is a bad week for Warner Brothers. You know, I I mean it is a bad look. Um you know, there's and so many Norm- and, and, and and you know, this is a black woman, you know, to be clear, for anybody at home, you know you know you know how many you know how few black faces and black people are in these rooms, in these positions? And yep. again, the notion you're 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 firing someone during a pandemic and the only reason that makes sense to her is that you talked about, hey, some of the things you've been putting out there, it doesn't look good. Like this that's the kind of that's the kind of advice and, and, and guidance you're supposed to want to um to seek. Yep, exactly. You know, they, like you like you're supposed to want to have, you know, the not opposing view, but differing views and differing eyeballs to see certain things that maybe you, you don't pick up on. And this is this kind of feels like the opposite of of um of what Lindelof's Lindelof's writing room that that he frequently right. exactly. to in his podcast where he he embraced the differing backgrounds and viewpoints so they could come to a a story and to do several different episodes and, and plots and subplots that were real that seemed real that felt real that made sense and this seems very very you see it seems like the opposite of that it seems like you know it's all if it doesn't if you're rocking the boat, you're causing problems, and that's just a that's just a bad work environment in general. Now, yeah. I don't know if that specifically. Is, I mean, I mean, you. This is kind of the best case scenario, honestly. At this point, it, it seems pretty clear to me that, and she seems like she doesn't seem like a like a dumb person. I, I don't know her personally, but she to for her to even have that role in the first place. I mean, she's got to be pretty talented, and, and I would assume pretty reasonable and intelligent. She knows that she got let go because of some BS. I would, I would, I would expect. Yeah. So, you know, you would hope that for me, I think the best case scenario is maybe, uh, hopefully, it isn't they they let her go because she was bringing up diversity issues. Maybe she got let go because she was rocking the boat in general, and maybe it wasn't so much uh, something with them being discriminatory or prejudiced. Even so, that's terrible. If they don't like someone speaking out against them, or they don't like someone trying to change their story on them, either way, this is a terrible look for Warner Brothers. It makes them seem like very closed-minded, very unwilling to listen to other viewpoints and perspectives, and it's just—I mean, it's just—it's just bad. And like you said, you, you know, you hope they come out and say something. <laughs> and to, look, and, I, and 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 yeah. the last thing I'll say on this, Sham, look. The other thing I saw, you know, when I read the part where they said, you know, my outline and draft was subpar, which she says that she disagrees for. I'm, I'm not saying that there can't be people working with CW that have, you know, may not be up to snuff, but I watched, we, you watched a lot of CW. <laughs> watched a lot of those shows. Yep. I just, I, I just kind of raised an eyebrow when you tell me someone submitted a draft and outline that's subpar based on some of the episodes I've actually watched that guy greenlit. I'm gonna keep it. I'm gonna keep it 100. Yep. Like, 
so many, we've gone through multiple seasons of the Flash that have been subpar for whole seasons at this point. We've seen some episodes of um, Batwoman. We see some episodes of uh, Supergirl. We've seen some episodes of all these shows that were just unacceptable in regards to quality. And I don't know. You know, we're drawing a line with this person firing them during a pandemic because their writing was subpar based on, again, did they watch all... There are people who worked on The Flash and worked on Arrow and some of these seasons that were really bad that, you know, they, they showrunners who came back. <laughs> weren't They didn't let go. They didn't change showrunners. They just brought the same crew back for a terrible season that fans have complained about. Yeah. So that's why when I say, you know, when I hear, oh, it was your writing. That's why we let you go. That's why I look at that as a person who has been in those positions and been told we, you know, actually we can't give you this, so we got to get rid of you because of something that had nothing to do with the real issue. That's why that that stuck out to me. Shout out to uh, Nadria Tucker. I, I, you know, I don't know this young lady obviously, but I hope she, uh, or you know, she gets more work. Um, and yeah, I get her on the show. I shoot. I mean, I'll send her a DM. Maybe I should. I don't know. Um, because DNs are open apparently. I just as I see here. Uh, but yeah, man, this was this was this was corny. This was corny. Um, I do think it's ironic as well that you know she had posted support for Ray Fisher on her Twitter account, and then all of a sudden she's fired. And that also to me is a little interesting. Yep. So yeah, this is this is this is terrible. This is not good. And DC, they have a lot of plans to do. And sorry, I don't want to see a, uh, a you know a new you know Snyder cut drop or some some new drop for the Batman to try to gloss this stuff over. Because that's the thing too about this is that's so annoying is that their media strategy is so obvious. As soon as some of this stuff hits the fan, then it's okay. Well, let's give you a new a drop of something new for y'all to start talking about. And it's like no, that's why it was important to talk about these two stories this week because I wasn't gonna let them off the hook. For what we're we're hearing about what's going on over there, and their response to it has been absolutely atrocious. That's going to do it for this edition of this week's uh, Hero Talk. I'm glad to be back. <laughs> it may not sound like we're glad to be back. That was you know we're pretty intense last you know 20 minutes or so, but I am happy to be back doing Hero Talk. We, it's been a very very busy few weeks. I know we haven't been as consistent as we normally are um, between obviously again the election. You know, I work in television news, so therefore. You know, election week was also extra work week for me. And part of the reason why we didn't have a show last week and um, and all that's happening. But, you know, I think, and of course, if you get follow our sports activities, you'll know we haven't done sports talk in a little while. And we're, we're still working on our YouTube series uh, for the NBA draft, which is next Wednesday. We have a lot of NBA draft videos that are up already. We're almost done. Uh, I was literally working on videos today to, uh, <laughs> to to help us get to that finish line before Wednesday. So, um, so that's why we haven't been as active maybe as we normally are. And believe me, we are active. It's just not active in the ways we, you're accustomed to seeing. But once the draft ends, I think you'll see probably a much more normal rollout of videos, normal rollout of podcasts, including this one here, Hero Talk. So uh, we'll be back in the full swing of things very shortly. But I'm glad Shamari was able to come on to talk with me today. Of course, you can catch all of our podcasts on the New Generation Podcast Network. That's on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and TuneIn. You can also check out, again, our YouTube uh, channel, New Generation Media, where, again, not too much hero stuff on there as of late, but we have plenty of sports content regarding the NBA draft, 
And then once the NBA draft ends, we'll start to be uh, revving back up some more hero stuff. So keep your eyes out for that. Make sure you check us out. Again, New Generation Media is our YouTube channel. And follow us on social media. You can find me on Twitter, EJ underscore Stewart. Instagram, Action EJ. Uh, Shamari is on Snapchat and Instagram, MCShan22. Uh, our as a station or as a channel, our YouTube channel, I mean, excuse me, our um, our Instagram page. You can find us at New Generation Podcast. Our Twitter is New Generation Pod. And uh, that'll do it for this edition of Hero Talk. Hope you guys enjoyed it. With Shamari, I'm EJ. Take it easy, guys. Peace.